Time if you say goodbye to me tonight. Welcome back to Adventure Radio. <laughs> uh, this week on the show, guys, we had Joe Guy. Joe Guy is a uh, an nutritionist. Sounds like slash a dude. Joe Guy. Sorry, Joanna Guy. Yes, it does sound but, like a bit like a dude. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had Joey. Uh, Joey, you know we Joey had, the guy. Uh, we had. Joe's I mean, from Joey Family Rand. Guy Joe, and Joe, always yeah. says, hey, Peter, what's going on? He <laughs> was also a paraplegic nutritionist and it's probably the worst impersonation ever. Now, we had uh, Joe Guy on the show, guys. She's um, awesome. She's a nutritionist forward slash dietitian forward slash movement forward slash- She's a dietitian, no forward slash nutritionist. But I'm just, I'm getting around her. I'm just getting She's around dietitian. her. She's a dietitian. She's a dietitian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, this is a two, this is a, a, a two-part show, guys. So this is a, a long, um, a long funny one. We had a string of bizarre jokes during the show, didn't we? There was a gag or two. There was a few gags, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good. What do you think of the show? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was good she fun. Was super, super bubbly, really, yep. really fun to be around and super knowledgeable. Yeah, I think the biggest thing as well was the, um, the, the info. Like I got a lot of info out of it, mm. and I'm uh, definitely going to change my diet up now from um, 14 hungry jacks burgers <laughs> and uh, a side of heroin <laughs> to uh, to some spinach and a side of heroin. <laughs> but uh, uh. as uh, as per usual, guy. Well, not as per usual, but uh, over the past couple of weeks, we are sponsored by True Pride guys. So True Pride are a wealth creation service who work with ambitious individuals and families looking to take control, worry less, and get ahead. It is a Budgeting service is it a? I've lost my train of thought there. It is a budgeting service. It is a a personal wealth growth service, and uh, it's really really good. I'm using it myself. So head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash advf and get the initial joining fee of two hundred ninety seven dollars waived when you book via their website. We are also sponsored to you by Carve, which is a company that specialises in anything digital, from building apps, designing a logo. Automating your business, getting down to setting up your next event. Really good. If you want to get back, uh, if you want to take back control of your life and uh, outlay all of the boring, shitty work that you don't need to do, um, head to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF to get 10 hours free. And finally, guys, we are always and merrily sponsored to you by... Adventure Fit Travel. Merrily, 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 merrily. Adventure Fit Travel. <laughs> Head to www. In a merry way, adventurefittravel. Find out about all the all the jolly, all the jolly, jolly fun on our jolly trips website. and the, the radio, and the, we'll have a glass of sherry and talk about boobs. <laughs> no, we won't. That's uh, slightly objectifying and rather, rather in poor taste. Uh, sorry, sorry, William. <laughs> no, no, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one: no touching of the hair or face.
well, welcome back to Adventure Radio, guys. We are here with Joe Guy. Uh, Joe has joined us for a chat about uh, all things diet today. Uh, before I throw to Joe and introduce her properly, we'll, uh, we'll go to Tommy, who's on my left as usual, and uh, we'll start with Tommy's tribute. Excellent. Well, welcome aboard, Joe. Uh, this is a song that I really started listening to about three weeks ago, um, and I thought I'd learn it and then uh, write a tribute for you. So here we go. Uh, I don't need a pick for this. <laughs> All right. Have you heard this song before? Mm-mm-mm-mm. By... Oh, what's it called? I've well, completely forgotten who this is. <laughs> I can't, it's a, that's actually the name of the song. It's like... Mm-mm-mm-mm. By um, the bloody... Anyway, I'll play it. Not yet, but yeah, I might. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There was this girl who rode a bike from London to Paris on her own But when she finally came back She got herself right into nutrition She couldn't quite explain it And now she's always in it with people helping them with weight loss muscle gain and life and she she loves to crossfit but not really anymore <laughs> if it wasn't for a man named Huey I'd have her as my wife but <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the mind let the show unwind Thank you so much. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, I wrote, yeah, she loves to cross it, but I just found out that you don't anymore. So, and I'm the same. So I, it's I, great. I do a bit. I yeah. do a bit. We, we sort, of, sort of like to cross it. <laughs> that was good. I'm really looking forward to the time when um, when we're rolling in the Benjamins, Tommy, and I don't have to lean over with my head to pick up the guitar. Because uh, yeah, yeah, now we're, right we're, 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 we're recording because people will be able to see yeah. our. our uh, <laughs> Joel loves to bills. Um, <laughs> no, that was incredible. Thank you, um, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks cool. for having me. No worries. Um, so, why don't you tell us um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Joe? A little bit about who you are, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I am an accredited practicing dietitian and a health coach. Uh, So in my uni course, I did a lot of clinically based work. So most people ask, what's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? That was my next question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stumped now. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the main difference is really that a dietitian is qualified to work in hospitals where a nutritionist um, isn't, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's the main difference. So at uni, I did a lot of work in hospitals and absolutely hated it. Um, I mean, they do have a very important place, but I just felt that people are in there. It's the end of the road. Like they've had the leg amputated from poorly controlled diabetes. And Mm -hmm. I was coming in saying, eat your low GI carbohydrates and cut out sugar. And um, 
So, yeah, I just found it a bit futile. So I decided to go into the preventative side of things um, and go into more of your education. So I went into workplace health and going into companies and running health and wellbeing programs. Cool. Um, so I did that for, yeah, quite a few years. And over the years, I've just started to develop my own philosophy around nutrition and health and have eventually decided to start my own practice and my own business. So cool. that's been going for about 12 months in Melbourne. Um, so I see clients for a whole different range of reasons. Tommy uh, sung about a few there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so definitely fat loss is a really big one. Mm -hmm. um, sporting performance and muscle gain. I do see a lot of CrossFitters. Um, I see a lot of gut issues, mm -hmm. um, just overall energy levels. Um, I see quite a few eating disorders as well. Mm -hmm. um, but also people just coming because they are just so confused about nutrition. Like there's just so much misinformation mm, out yeah. there. Um, social media makes it really confusing. Like there's, you know, everyone's an expert. Everyone's got an opinion. Um, and also just like the science around nutrition is confusing as well. So yeah. one day a study will come out saying coffee is really good for you. The next day a study will come out saying coffee's really bad for you. So, yeah. um, and then the media grab onto that and just make it whatever they mm, want to. So right. people just come with like, you know, am I doing the right thing? They just want, um, yeah, questions answered, meal ideas, recipes, that sort of stuff. So, okay. um, so I do a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, but I also do quite a lot of seminars as well, particularly in CrossFit gyms, um, other sort of like personal training studios. And then I still do a bit of workplace health as well. So corporate health programs. You still cool. find that people think that carbs and fats will make you fat? Like do people still... Oh, fat, yeah. fat makes you fat. Fat you makes know? you fat, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a still, yeah. Are people still that... Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, definitely still demonizing certain macronutrients mm. for sure. Fat is a big one. So we had the whole low-fat movement uh, since the 70s. So that is really ingrained in mm. most people's minds. And mm. it is very confusing because we use the same word um, for being overweight as the macronutrients. Yeah, so exactly. I think that's, that's yeah. just... 100%. Yeah, that's right. It's very false advertising. Yeah. It's branded. It's terrible branding. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It how, really is. Look how carbohydrate that bloke is over there. It doesn't roll the same way. No, it doesn't work. Exactly. That dude's exactly. carb as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm protein as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, that's what I learned at uni. Like, low fat was the way to go, you know, carbohydrates, six to 11 serves of breads and cereals, mm. like that's what we actually learned. Mm -hmm. So for people that haven't really changed with, you know, the the science, like that's still being practiced mm. out yeah. there as well. Well, the healthy, the, healthy, um, the healthy food pyramid only got updated whenever it was a year or two ago in Australia. And then that, that was going through schools. The um, processed carbohydrates was the, the base of your nutrition yeah. on the healthy food pyramid. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like you talk about in in university, you were um, <laughs> you that's what you were taught. And for the people that are listening, or just audio wise, Joe isn't seventy years old and just sounds yeah. sounds young. She's, yeah. yo she's young. You know what I mean? It was yesterday that that yeah. effectively that you were learning the wrong, basically yeah. a lot of the wrong information. And for for something like health, which is the biggest thing in the world, mm -hmm. basically the biggest thing, the most important thing to that to every person out there. It's funny that it slipped under the radar with all the all the wrong science, and it was able to get this far. How how has that happened? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of things that have influenced it over the years. 
Um, probably the biggest one that I get asked a lot is around fat and cholesterol mm. and um, saturated fats and that whole diet myth. Um, and that's how the high carbohydrate movement sort of came in and the breads and cereals because we thought that fat was the devil. So mm -hmm. if we take fat out, we have to replace it with something else. So yep. that's where the carbohydrates came in. So I think the original studies done in the 50s um, was actually done on uh, mice or rabbits. No, it was done on rabbits and they fed rabbits a really high saturated fat diet um, and their cholesterol went through the roof. Mm. But the problem with that is that rabbits aren't meant to eat saturated fat. They're like herbivores. They eat plants. Mm. Mm, yeah. So that's where it originally stemmed from. And then there was the whole... That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And this is what our science is based on. Like oh, it's extrapolated God. from animal studies. And yeah. so it's never... You can't really just take anything for face value. Like no. you have to go back and look at, you know, the... What was the study done on? What was the population size? All that sort of thing yeah. plays a really big role. Um, and then I'm sure you've probably heard of the Ankel Keys professor study where the seven countries study where he looked at seven countries and um, the countries with the highest saturated fat had the highest rates of heart disease. There you go. But the problem with that is he actually just cherry-picked his data. So I think there was over, you know, there was 25 countries in his study um, and there was absolutely no correlation whatsoever. So he just picked out the countries where that really? was the case. So he, made the, he made the correlation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and then somehow that got into the whole, you know, government mm. and it just rolled from there. So. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that that's the, the problem with the studies that you hear is depends who is also funding the studies. Oh, exactly. You know, because 100%. You can, if you really, if you get a bunch of data and you spend a lot of money getting all this data in the world, you can really frame it whichever way you like, depending on whose side you're, you're really fighting on. Mm. But um, Definitely. So, so, I don't know. Let's say like... Um, Say somebody somebody comes in and wants to see you, and they want to come in for let's let's touch on the the biggest one first, and that yep. is obviously fat loss. Everybody yes. wants to be trim and look good naked, all that stuff. So, what do you what do you say to someone who comes in? Say they've got a regular diet, they eat um, reasonably well, but they eat a bit of crappy stuff. Like there's all these diets out there, so um, whether it's a it's a low carb diet, whether it's total ketogenic diet. Whether it's paleo, like what type of what type of what would you say to somebody that wants to come in and wants to trim up and lose fat? Okay, so that's a that's a big question, um, and I think it's probably important to understand what I'm all about and my philosophy because I truly believe that there isn't a one size fits all diet mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. um, as much as people want that, you know, they they like it all boxed up and. Um, fits nicely into something like a diet plan and that's what sells like mm -hmm. you know that's what sells books and this is the one yeah yeah the code. exactly and yes it's worked for that person or the author but and that's great but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for everyone mm -hmm. so it really does depend on people's age their gender their genetics their body type um, their activity and their goals their current health status um their psychology around eating and food, um, their budget, like all these sorts of things come into play. So yeah. I take all those things into consideration um, and I also take a really holistic approach to my clients as well. So I'm not going to just look at the food that's on someone's plate. Yes, of course, I look at that, but there's a whole lot of other things that um, can play a big role, particularly in fat loss. So I'll look at things like stress, I'll look at sleep, um, 
of course, their activity level. I'll look at if they're happy in their job. So if someone's coming home and polishing off a whole packet of rice crackers and a whole tub of hummus because they've been absolutely hummus. miserable. Hummus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that hummus. word? Oh, like that. That's just a really fun word. Hummus. And the, the emphasis was so good. You know, it's a really uh, hummus. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Sorry, I'll have to say, say it like we that a, every time now. We have a different meaning for, uh, for the, the hummus. It's not right now. No, no, no. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll say tatsiki. Yeah. Well, oh, we, we, we have another name for that as well. <laughs> um. Okay, avocado dip. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, if they're absolutely miserable in their job and they're you know stuffing their face with a packet of Tim Tams, whatever it might be, it's obviously not about the food. So mm. if I don't ask these questions. Mm. I'll just say stop eating the Tim Tams and that's obviously not going to work. So definitely taking that holistic approach is really important for me. Um, I'll give you a good example actually why that's important in terms of fat loss. So I have a client, um, he's actually quite young, he's 17 Mm -hmm. and he's a footballer so he really wants to get into the AFL. Um, So he's still at school, he's training really hard but they said you have to drop a bit of body fat. So I think, you know, do a lot better if you're a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. So um, we chatted about everything about his diet, and you know, obviously his nutrition is going to be really important. His recovery is going to be super important. So we're talking about that, and then I asked him about his sleep, and it turns out he's only sleeping a few hours a night because he's going to school, going to training, coming home, and then playing Xbox and computer games and stuff online with his friends mm. till like three in the morning. Right, and then he's getting up, going to school, you know, training really hard, and we know that sleep is so important for your yep. recovery. Um, it's when all your you know, um, immune system repairs mm-hmm. and it's obviously very important for fat loss as well. He's probably going to be craving a lot more sugary foods the next day. It messes up your hormones. So um, that was that's a really good example of how mm-hmm. things can... Um, yeah, why Affect I need to each take... other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with um, with the sleep one, for example, because I, I, me and Tommy, uh, me and Tommy were talking about how much um, bro science comes out of our mouth, so oh, I'm not going to try and... <laughs> terrible <I'm not> <laughs> The last show we just released, we talked about um, global warming and I famously now um, yeah. talked about how um, I believe that global warming is going to... The world will um, get so hot that we'll end up in an ice age and I know no science behind it and I think that I may have been wrong judging yeah. by what we've been told from the listeners. Yep. Right, okay. But... <laughs> but um, like so, tell us the science of sleep and how that can affect you. Um, you just said then that it um, it'll affect your fat loss and it'll stuff up your hormones. Like if you're not getting enough sleep, you're getting three hours sleep. What actually what does that actually do to your body apart from training wise, like for new nutrition? Yeah. So in terms of fat loss and hormones, what actually happens is um, you get an imbalance of hormones. So you'll get an increase in ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you wake up, you'll have really high levels of ghrelin. So you're going to feel a lot more hungry yep. um, than you would if you've had a very restorative sleep. So what we, so when you sleep, then you'll get high levels of um, leptin, which is your satiety hormone. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the main difference. Then when you're feeling tired and crappy, your energy levels are low, you're going to crave those more sugary carbohydrate type foods and mm-hmm. then that starts you on this blood sugar roller coaster and then you're kind of just setting yourself up for disaster so mm-hmm. taking out the whole recovery aspect of things that's probably the main component when we're looking at weight loss mm-hmm. and yeah. if somebody also has like um somebody has kind of personal issues like you said they're really stressed at their job or um they're in a bad relationship or something like that 
Do you use? Do you refer them on? Like, do you use another allied health pressure? Do you say, look, I don't think um, we're really going to get any progress until you go and see a psychologist and talk through some things? Or what do you do in that yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do refer to a psychologist. Um, but also sometimes it's just making the person aware of their behaviour. Mm. They might not even realise that that's why they're doing it. So um, I've got one client at the moment and she is really unhappy in her job and just as a bit of a reward, she'd drive home and instead of going home and preparing a healthy dinner, she'd get a burger and chips or something that, you know, that's going to make her feel good. Um, yeah. And she didn't even really realise that that's why she was doing it. So she's actually um, applying for new jobs now just from me just pointing it out to her mm. and it's just creating a bit of a shift in there. Um, in their thought patterns, but certainly if it's out of my scope, I will, I will refer on. So, um, yeah, but I feel like I didn't really answer your question properly before in terms of if someone wants to lose weight. So my only real food principle is to eat real food. So no fads, you know, just eating real whole food as nature intended. So eating the whole egg with the yolk, because I look at the yolk and I see choline, which is super important for metabolism and muscle function and there's fat soluble vitamins and all that sort of stuff um so really just if it comes out of the ground off a tree or from an animal it's okay to eat so that's my real um number one food principle and then from there it just depends on the person so um as I said before taking into all those factors Really, if someone comes to me and they need to lose weight, it will generally be a step-by-step process. So giving someone a diet or a meal plan, you know, count your macros, do this, 40% protein, whatever it might be, it's just really, really difficult for someone that um, doesn't really know where to begin. So it might be um, the first thing I'll look at is correcting any sort of micronutrient um, or any sort of nutrient deficiencies. So Generally, if someone's deficient in a certain nutrient, that's making them feel really crappy. Um, They're feeling tired, lethargic, they can't train. Um, They're not burning fat as a fuel. They might not be having a restorative sleep and it all um, interplays with each other. So I'll look at correcting any of those deficiencies. Um, Quite often that's uh, a lack of protein, Um, certainly your micronutrients like magnesium, zinc, or it might be essential fatty acids like omega-3. And then... It'll just be, okay, so where are we going to start? Let's just start with breakfast. What do you think you can do for breakfast? Um, For a lot of my clients that are really busy, it might be something like a smoothie. Okay, great. Um, Quite a lot of my clients actually go out and buy a Nutribullet or something like Mm. that. Um, And then I know that they're getting protein, they're getting um, good fats. We can add some vegetables in there to start to correct those micronutrient deficiencies And then once they start just nailing that for two weeks or even four weeks, but they need to be doing it consistently, then we can move on to the next thing. Okay. So what would, um, let's let's just put it into practical terms. Yep. If I was going to start the day with the perfect smoothie, Yes. Um, just for just for health and wellness, and yeah, I've got a Nutribullet over there. Yes, I could see it. And and I I normally have um, I have um, spinach or kale. Perfect. Then I have um, blueberries. Yep. Avocado coconut water and I used to put chia seeds in there and a, oh, and a banana bar. what's that and a Snickers bar and a Snickers bar <laughs> yeah and a Snickers bar um, and, a, and a banana that's my smoothie what, how does that rate or what would you what would you start the okay. day with it's, um, it's pretty good it's tasty it's, it's almost there so the main ingredient or macronutrient that you're missing is probably protein mm-hmm. so I would put a couple of raw eggs in there I did that uh, I've done that before 
Doesn't oh, really now it comes out. It doesn't really. <laughs> no, you don't. It doesn't really funky up the taste as much as what no, I thought. It's, it you can't yeah, really it's you can't really tell too much. It doesn't. So, but that's what you would do. You would get some. You would get um, people on. Like, what's your what's your daily smoothie? My smoothie. So I kind of like a an avocado mm. chocolate one. Ooh. So I don't have smoothies tell every single more. day, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you the ingredients in a sec. But the main things that we're looking at when we're building a smoothie is we want protein, we want healthy fats, we want your green leafies, and then some fruit for carbohydrates. And some chocolate. And some chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cacao. It's like one of the highest antioxidant foods in the planet. There you go. So, um, so yeah. So yours was really good because you had the healthy fats, you got the carbs, you got the greens, mm-hmm. but it was just lacking in a little bit of protein. So mm-hmm. that's why the raw eggs are good. People generally freak out when I say that, but mm. when they try it, they're like, can't even taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good quality, clean protein powder can be an option. Um, a hemp protein is generally a really good one. It's the least processed. Um, Blaze that shit up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so in my smoothie, I like using avocado as the fats because um, I don't actually like bananas. So <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I mate Louis, Louis like that. Freaks out. Yeah. He's, he's like gags when he sees a banana. Really? Yeah, we travel through with him, so we'd like put bananas in his sleeping bag <laughs> and stuff like that. That's what my sister and I like a little really? bit. Yeah, we've both got a bit of a phobia. I think she trained me to have the phobia. My older sister yeah. just did whatever she did, but still got it. So. Phobia bananas. <laughs> there must be a thing for that. Yeah. Banana phobia. Banana phobia, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, so I'll have the avocado. I'll put blueberries. I'll put a like a plant-based chocolate protein in. Sometimes I'll just use cacao and then hemp seeds for the protein, um, almond milk, uh, what else? Spinach and coconut. Mm. Okay, cool. I've got um. Th- so the when you mentioned that um, client you had before about you know driving past and getting a burger and chips and stuff to get mm-hmm. away from the almost like an escape. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in that sort of stuff and why why some of the time we do that like. I've heard that you know eating all those fatty and sugary foods can trigger the same receptors in our mind, in our brain that can. This is the same as cocaine, and it's like it's just an addiction yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. But why do we? Is that purely the reason why we we look to get those foods in times of stress, or is there actually something else why we're like? Is it the actual food genuinely does taste better, or I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both of those things. Like we've just grown up knowing that they're the treat foods, but they definitely do, as you said, they food can be like a drug. Mm. So um, particularly with sugar, there has been a lot of studies showing that it um, stimulates the part of the brain that cocaine does, so mm. that reward centre in the brain. Um, certainly with gluten and wheat, um, that does the same thing, as well as casein in cow's milk and right. dairy. So with gluten and I casein, love all that shit. yeah, yeah. Shit. Well, there's actually a, a scientific <laughs> reason for it. Yeah, so, oh, I feel so bad now. Though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's um, that's why sometimes we're just working against our bodies. You know, people just think, oh, I don't have any willpower. But these foods are actually, you know, playing havoc on your brain and, mm. and your biochemistry. Mm. So with gluten and casein, they actually form compounds um, called glutamorphin and casomorphin, and these are like opioids they're they're morphine like so they actually um cross the blood brain barrier and they stimulate um those parts of the brain so the reward centers of the brain so you actually get a little mild kind of um pleasurable feeling from these foods like you might not notice it when you eat a sandwich or something but 
just these tiny little effects do create kind of an addictive mm. behaviour towards yeah. these foods. Like a micro dose of heroin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, nothing is as good as heroin. Let me tell you that. I'll show you. Ice. <laughs> yeah, ice, yeah. Um, Gee, that's interesting. Go, that's I, really I don't know where I was, what I was listening to, but I was listening to something the other day. So when we have, um, say also, why do we binge on, on unhealthy food? Bec- um, I have a question. Like, say you've got... Um, where was I listening to? I think I was listening to a Rogan podcast or something. <laughs> but they were talking about, um, say you've got some relatively healthy, tasty snack. Mm. You'll only eat maybe the right portion, one or two portions of that relatively healthy, tasty snack because you get nutritional value and your body can re- uh, can receive that and that notes that. Whereas if you get like a bag of Doritos and you're still getting the same taste, so it's, yeah. that, it's that tasty snack, but it's not healthy. So, and your body doesn't, it doesn't get the nutrients it wants, so a body your body just wants just keep to keep feeding on it. Is that a is that a yeah. truth? Yeah. So, so that's another reason why we we binge then. Yeah, definitely, right. definitely. Particularly on those processed foods, um, our bodies just don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. So it's not really registering. Like if yeah. you tried to eat, you know, twenty apples, you just wouldn't be able to do it mm, because no. of all the fiber. Um, your body will just tell you that you know it's had enough, and you yeah. literally have to stop eating. Um, but with those types of foods, there's just no signals to tell you that you've had yeah. enough. So, so your body's yeah, just looking around like, where's the nutrients? Give yeah, us the nutrients. Yeah. Give us more. Right. There's got to be some around here somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. interesting. That's really interesting, yeah. Um, Oops, Siri's going off there. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what I reckon. <laughs> That's what Siri just that is insane. Tell us, tell us more, Siri. <laughs> tell us more. I'm oh. not sure I understand. Oh. How weird was that? that so was Siri weird. and I are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. We, had, um, yeah. we had Siri on the show um, we a couple did have of days Siri ago. Show, yeah. told, us about, um, told us about climate change. We asked Siri oh. and started, started um, pre-versing about uh, climate change. So he's now he's just wants more action. He does. He thinks he's the star Siri's, now. Siri's got an ego now and he reckons he's a dietitian. <laughs> um, just popped out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so... So for these people, so okay. so you'll build, um, you'll going back to where we were. You'll build, uh, you'll start off with little, imp- um, little changes. Like you'll implement. Jeez, uh, I'm lost. My He's off. <laughs> lost my mind. Uh, yeah, so every time you said so today, I'd probably I'd have seventeen dollars. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot, mate. All right, so you'll you'll implement little changes for somebody who's got a terrible diet. You'll just start with um, start with breakfast and just start building that real food in, and then. What do you do? Um, what do you do when you're going to something like performance? Like, do you actually have people that come to you and then you'll nut out and you'll you'll look at their macros at 100 percent? You'll give them a proper um, food plan, or do you think it's a, a better way for somebody who's looking for high performance to just do the same thing, just eat good amounts of um, healthy food in the right categories and stuff? Do you think it's better to be strict with that, or it's better to just have a like an eyeball good food kind of diet? Yeah, I think it really depends on the athlete's goals and what the sport is. So definitely if they're a really high-performance athlete, looking at macros is going to be important. Um, But I don't think every athlete needs to weigh and measure their scoops of protein powder. Mm. I think it can be done in a much more effective way. Um, so I will look at macros um, in the background, but I won't generally go and get people to weigh and measure their food. So I'll use different sorts of measurements that they can relate to to understand um, portions and portion control. Like a fist, fistful of um, fistful of steak. 
Exactly, exactly. Nuts, yeah. yeah, that's it. So the reason I'm not so keen on weighing and measuring and tracking everything that goes into your mouth is that I think numbers really do create obsessions mm. um, and I've seen that quite a lot and I also think that it takes away your natural ability to read your body signals. So like we were talking about before with um, being able to listen to your body and know when to stop eating and that mm. sort of stuff, I think if you're so focused on just counting those macro nutrients um it does kind of lead away from you actually listening to your your own body signals um it's not always an exact science as well there's a lot of there's a lot of error in nutrition that i think people don't take into account um so the databases that you use even like in the laboratories the testing that's done um all that sort of stuff, you know, causes a fair bit of discrepancies. So if you're, like, you know, worried about a gram here and a gram there mm. and you're doing your head in about it, I just think it can create a lot of issues and it's just not something that you need to worry about because the human body is such an incredible thing. I think if people knew what their bodies could do, they'd be in absolute awe of themselves mm. um, and your body will know what to do with it. So I don't think people need to stress too much. But certainly I will look at macronutrients for more high-performance athletes um, depending on the sport. But like I said, yeah, so you'll look at a palm size of protein. I'll know that that's roughly between 20 and 30 grams of protein. So how many palm sizes do we need to have at each meal? So I'll just work it out that way. It's yeah. also not natural. like count, Counting and all this sort of stuff, I just feel like we, we had this massive ridiculous chat on, you know, the evolution of the human body and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. But they weren't counting stuff back then. Like we just, there was just kind of a thing of eat what the earth has when you're hungry and yeah. then don't eat too much because <laughs> we need to save old mate over here hasn't eaten enough. Yeah. Like, is it really that hard? You know? yeah. Exactly. We, we know exactly what happened back, back Oh, we know. We know. Hundreds of thousands of years ago. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was no counting. The counting there was definitely not counting. Happen, and there was global that, warming. That's it. That's it. Um, do you reckon? Except, do people yeah. do, just take it too far? Yeah, I think it can be taken too far. Like I think it definitely does have a place as well. Um, right for some people and it really does work well for some people but certainly not for everyone mm. and to be honest I don't see too many people where we need to go down that path of mm. and measuring and and all that sort of stuff but I think it is and I do try and teach my clients to listen to their own body yep um but every every body is different as well so even like your your gut bacteria is going to influence how many calories you extract from food so to different people with a very different gut microbiome will eat the same muffin with the same number of calories. One person that might have a bit of an overgrowth of bad bacteria, they'll actually extract more calories from that muffin and store it as fat compared to the person that has a really healthy gut microbiome. So there's all these things that, you know, um, that come into play that isn't just about how many grams of carbs, proteins and fats, yep. you know. And I think it does take away from the importance of those micronutrients as well. If we're just focusing on those macros, um, I think you can certainly achieve a um, particular body composition um, by macronutrients, but I don't think you are particularly you, – you, you might not be particularly healthy. Mm. So I like to combine – both of those things and look at the health perspective as well as um, being fit and looking a certain way. Sure. Yep. So what about gut health? Like that, I feel like that's kind of like a, a, a lot of people are saying it's kind of like a buzz sort of expression now, like gut health and, is, and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you shed some light on what it is and what like an easy way to achieve, you know, good gut health would be? Oh gosh, you're going to start 25 me now. Words or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could talk <laughs> underwater about gut health. So... Um, well, we have some water here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can hold you upside down. It might not make sense. Yeah, so we can go there if you want. Probably not. We can hold your legs. Okay, I'll maybe not. Direct your head. And then um, we'll, record, we'll keep recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where to begin? Um, yeah, it definitely is a very big, hot topic in mm. the nutrition world at the moment, but it is a really important one because um, so many people do have a lot of issues. So. Um, mostly the people that I see, um, they either have some sort of digestive issues, but it might be presenting in other ways. So things like skin issues, sinus issues. Um, so for example, I've just recently had a client who came to me and his nose was just absolutely running like a tap, um, had really itchy eyes and just a whole heap of sinus issues, wanted to lose a bit of weight as well. Um, we just did six weeks of working on his gut health, um, and his sinuses have completely cleared up. Really? It's actually wow. been life-changing for him. Yeah. yeah, for people that do suffer from that, it's actually really debilitating. Oh, it would be. It'd yeah, be shocking. yeah. Pink eye runny nose, boy. You'd be getting picked on in the schoolyard. <laughs> Absolutely. Even in, I'd pick on an adult that had a pink eye. Oh, oh yeah. no, I shouldn't say. Well, well, <laughs> this guy's like 55, but he does CrossFit and now he's like PBing in the gym. And That's he, right. He competed in um, an in-house comp and um, won it and he's just oh. like kicking all these goals and it's just, yeah, it's really good to see. So gut health can influence, you know, so many different aspects of your health. Mm. Alrighty, guys, just a little break in between our show to thank our sponsors. So we're brought to you by True Pride today. True Pride are, uh, True Pride are a wealth creation service for ambitious individuals and families looking to worry less, take control, and get ahead. Me and Tommy are dealing with True Pride. We are broke as 10 men and we need cashola, and True Pride are providing us with that cashola. Cashola. Yes. We're working through our, through our budgets at the moment. So Tommy's saving 100 bucks a week. Yep. Um, so this is at the cost of $97. He's saving $100 a week, so that's $400. And the aim is to get to about $150. That's kind of average. And uh, me, I haven't even got that far because I've been, uh, I got lots of money going everywhere at the moment, so we're just waiting it out. But um, Tommy, you've been loving it? Oh, mate. Well, I mean, I've already, so I've, uh, yeah, I've already broken even. And I'm already in profit now, just based on my own saving. And uh, it's just it's just little little things that sure you can do by yourself, but you probably won't. And if you just spend that initial joining fee, well, obviously you don't now. But if you just spend that little bit of money at the startup, it just it just, I mean, these are lifestyle changes, you know. Yeah, it's good. www.truepride.com.au forward slash advf. Get your joining fee waived after you uh, have a call, and if you decide to go ahead. We're also brought to you by Carve. So, guys, I've uh, signed four or five people up to Carve now, and uh, they range from gym owners to a protein supply company to a residential um, clothing store to heroin addicts. Uh, <laughs> what did I say heroin addict? I meant to say heroin dealer. <laughs> signed up. Um, signed up. Signed up. Ah, uh, fucked my gag. But um, anyway, so we... Uh, we, we've been signing up a bunch of different people to carve and uh, yeah, any business can, can uh, perform with carve. So if you want to upscale your business or you want to get more time back in your life, head to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF. We have not sent any heroin addicts carves away. Fuck, that's such an idiot, idiotic joke and I stuffed it up as well. Um, head to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF to get your 10 hours free. And uh, here's Joe and here's the show. And this guy, for example, like why, why, 
Um, was his diet affecting his gut health? And then that, that just um, took his whole immune system down or how did it actually yeah. give him these Yeah, ailments? that's a good question. So it can really stem from a whole host of things. So if you've ever had a course of antibiotics in your life and you didn't do any sort of repair work afterwards, you're probably going to have a bit of an imbalance still. Shit. Um, so it can affect, it can really affect <laughs> your, yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my gut health is spiking right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Like we've all gone through it. We've all probably had numerous courses of antibiotics. So that obviously kills off all the good bacteria as well as the bad guys. So that causes um, some imbalances. Obviously poor food choices. So things like refined sugar, Gluten actually directly affects the gut barrier um, mm. and leads to something called leaky gut, which I can talk about in a little bit. Um, what else? Any of like your inflammatory foods, like your refined seed oils, like all your omega-6 um, seed oils are um, damaging to the gut. Right. Any sort of medications, particularly things like the pill for females. Um, stress mm. is a big one. So cortisol really affects um, the the gut and and bacteria so there's really yeah there's there's so many different mm. things that can affect your gut health um I'll give you an example of myself so <laughs> just to make it a bit relevant I actually had my you have f- leaky leaky butt syndrome right now do you? <laughs> <laughs> leaky butt because <laughs> we can get some uh, we yeah. can get some protective material on the couch <laughs> if, if this is what if this is what we're going to bad to broach that's just a uh, <laughs> we should have written that in the email actually we do have leaky butt just, just make sure that uh, you know <laughs> let, all that guys should know that in the future <laughs> sorry Dave. I just sit on the floor sorry. once maybe Sorry. Get off the, the nice couch. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> God. Licky butt syndrome. That can't be a thing, surely. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh. I'm crying. I'm yeah. probably going to say that next time when I'm explaining leaky it to a butt. client. Oh, Look, I think sorry, you've got mate. leaky butt. Leaky butt. Leaky butt. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, very good. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um... Yeah, where was I? Um, yeah. I'll call it gastrointestinal permeability. So. Sounds a little bit. That's no one here. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the gag stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get serious again. So, um, yeah, so a few years ago, I had my appendix out. So, with any sort of gut surgery, that can cause a lot of imbalances because obviously they're fiddling around down there. There's disinfectant, you have a whole host of antibiotics. Um, so, any sort of gut surgery can really affect gut health. But then also, um, funnily enough, the appendix does actually have a, um, a point to be in the right. human body. So it's like a little house of good bacteria. So it's a little sack of good bacteria. And if you get an upset stomach or you're traveling or you eat something a bit dodgy, you might get a, an upset tummy. It actually then floods your gut with all these um, good bacteria that's housed in the appendix. So... Without an appendix, I don't have that anymore. So I became very susceptible to getting a lot of gut infections. Um, got things like giardia and all these terrible parasites. And um, wow. so, yeah, so that's what stemmed. Um, so, yeah, the surgery is what influenced my gut health. So there's, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of different causes that can, that can lead to poor gut health. But I actually right. went down a path of like, I didn't take antibiotics to get rid of any of the parasites. I went down a, a natural route, did a lot of gut repair. I actually became um, lactose intolerant. Most people become lactose intolerant after having giardia, a parasite. 
Um, but from all the gut healing work I did, I did so much research and so much self-experimentation mm. and um, eventually I've healed up my gut that I can pretty much eat anything now with no issues. Really? Wow, I don't eat a lot of dairy still, but I can certainly have it in bits and pieces and I don't have any problems. So, wow. um, and that's the same with food intolerances. So if you heal up the gut effectively, you can actually eliminate a lot of food intolerances. So, um, just, I'll, I'll explain the gut in a very basic Please. way. Yeah, I'm really so, um, you just have a little bit of an understanding. So if you just imagine the digestive system is like a big long tube that starts at your mouth and ends where you excrete waste. That's the most polite way. The butt? Leaky butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tap. Yeah, so it's just the this. The whole mass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <not> tiki. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's just this big long tube and it's, um, yeah, from your mouth, to your bottom, um, and it's a very, very thin layer of cells. So um, it's a, just about a single layer thick. And if you think about it's a bit of a weird way of thinking about it, but if you think about whatever is inside this tube is actually still outside your body. So um, the gut barrier, which is that single lining of cells, actually decides what enters the body or the bloodstream and what actually just passes out the other end. So... When we talk about your gut health, well, there's actually two components. There's that gut barrier and then there's also... Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I need to Sorry, find Joe. a different word for yeah, gut, don't right. I? <laughs> that's exactly right. keeps looking away because he's laughing it's making me laugh. <laughs> I was trying, actually. I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe. That's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when we talk about gut health, there's the gut barrier and then there's your actual bacteria, which is housed in the lower intestine. So when we have leaky gut or <laughs> intestinal permeability, that's when we have damage to that gut lining. And I tend to explain it to my clients. It's like a fly screen So um, in your house. So the fly screen has just tiny little holes that lets through all the good stuff like oxygen, but it keeps out all the mosquitoes and the flies. But mm -hmm. if you actually put a hole in that fly screen, mm. um, those flies and, um, yeah, whatever it might be, will come into your house and cause havoc inside your house. And that's yep. the same as your gut. So when we have leaky gut or gastrointestinal permeability, um, we've actually got larger holes in the gut lining and it means that things can pass through into the bloodstream that shouldn't actually be in there. Uh, the immune system is actually just outside the, the gut lining. So when it detects something that shouldn't be there, it might be an undigested food particle, it might be a bacteria or a toxin. It sets off this systemic immune response. Right. And so inflammatory cytokines are being produced and then they can go around and cause havoc wherever they want to in the body. So that might be um, getting into your skin and causing things like eczema. It might be getting into your joints and causing joint pain, um, into your thyroid, causing metabolism issues. Um, but they can also cross, cross the, the blood-brain barrier and cause like mood disorders and mm. depression. And that's how gut health is related to mental health as well. So, wow. um, yeah, so that's, that's it's, how It's um, far-reaching, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why we tend to look at the gut for a lot of other issues that don't often seem necessarily directly related to our to our digestive health. Wow. So what about paleo then? Because paleo is obviously very closely linked to the CrossFit world and all this sort of stuff. It's not so much anymore, but I feel like a couple of years ago, you know, if you were a CrossFit, you know, if you were a CrossFitter, you did paleo to some degree. And how, how do you feel about um, the paleolithic diet for, for the everyday individual? 
Yeah, I think it's a really good framework because obviously it just cuts out all the process crap. Mm. Um, but again, it is one of those diets that not everyone is going to be suited to it. So certainly for CrossFitters that are, have um, really high en- energy expenditure and they need those carbohydrates, I would I would say that you know some non-gluten grains like brown rice and quinoa um, – even some oats is going to be absolutely fine. Um, you can always prepare them and soak them and, you know, decrease the phytic acid, which is why they're kind of excluded from the paleo diet. So, um, yeah, I think it is it is a good framework because it does cut out all those processed foods. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it is the diet for, for all CrossFitters and for sure. everyone. Um, some people really thrive off having some good quality dairy in their diet. Mm. Other people aren't great on it, but again, it's just working with the individual to see what works best for them. Yep, sure thing. I, um, I, at two different points in my life, talking about dairy, at two different points in my life, have used dairy, milk per se, um, or milk for example, to put on weight. So um, I've been told just to drink as much milk as humanly possible. And I'm not in the slightest bit lactose intolerant because I can drink milk. (laughs) I was drinking three (laughs) liters a day, just comfortably, just just chugging it down. Chugging it down. um, Straight at the butt. Yeah. (laughs) And I I wanted to make sure, like so many people would say to me, oh, that's got to be so bad for you, um, drinking all that dairy, drinking all that milk. And then, so I went to a friend of mine who's also a dietitian. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. And I said to her name's Alex, and I said to Alex, um, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. So um, my my nutrition's pretty good, but I can't eat as much food as I need to just to put on. I've got a really fast metabolism. Mm-hmm. Put on the weight that I want to put on as a weightlifter. So I've just been drinking tons of milk, like three liters a day. And I said, "Is that a problem? Like, should I? Is there is there anything you see wrong with that? Or like, what's the go?" And she said, "Whether she's right or wrong, I'm interested to hear your thoughts." She said that if the general populace knew or, under, or really got behind the benefits of whole milk, then the whole supplement industry would go out of business. That was what she said. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like um, milk in general and using milk for that means to try and bulk up or put on weight or is it a- Yeah, yeah. I think you did the right thing, definitely. Yeah, cool. Yep. Um, it's certainly a great tool for that. I think it does come down to the quality as well. There's such a huge spectrum um, when it comes to dairy. So you've got your pasteurized, homogenized milk that's come from, you know, animals that have been feeding on grain. And um, so the quality of that milk is going to be very different to an unhomogenized milk that comes from grass-fed animals. So I think quality does play a really big role when it comes to dairy. Um, but it does have, you know, some great nutrients in it. So there in the in the holistic health world, there is a theory that, um, and this is a little, I think, why some people kind of diss dairy a little bit, um, that it is very acidic within the body. But I'm not too sure about the science behind that. I'm not completely convinced on that. So I think for people that can tolerate it, um, then yeah, it's absolutely fine. It is very nutritious and great for for putting on weight and bulking up. Yeah, well, I just found that that for me, I had a really fast metabolism, and I was trying to I was competing as a weightlifter at eighty in the eighty five kilogram category, but I was weighing about eighty two, eighty three, and then just eating like a good amount of food, um, living a regular life, I couldn't really put on any more weight. Yeah. Um, but I I needed to be about eighty seven. So, um, yeah, for me, it was 
spend a shitload more money on food yeah. and spend so much more time throughout the day to actually get that food in. Yeah. Because it was such like I was eating big meals and lots of yeah. snacks and stuff. So milk for me was like I'd have half a I'd have like a massive glass or a glass and a half with lunch and then dinner and, and the same thing and just pump it in. And it was more um it was more out of um made my life easier yeah, you know, yeah. And I was able to do it so I'm glad that it uh, that it worked well I was and also it did work you yeah, did yeah, put it on the way it, worked, it yep. worked but I was also doing like um this is another thing that we could we could uh, touch on so I was training my weightlifting coach is really old school and he's um he knows he's a smart guy but he he, ta- he says to everyone I know nothing about anything apart from weightlifting yeah so, but if you are if you ask me for advice I'll give you some advice in some certain areas and sometimes I'll, I won't but I asked him about um like what I should be eating and he said um, that he wanted me to go on a dirty bulk diet. So what I was doing, so I would have um, real sugary, um, I'd have like a big M and like some sort of bakery good because that's like what I get into, like a donut or a, or a muffin <laughs> on the way home from training, every yeah. day on the way home from training. Yeah. And then at night, I would make sure I had, um, I had a smoothie that was um, milk, ice cream, banana, avocado, and whatever other sugary, crappy stuff that I could get in there to get as much calories in before I slept. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really, with my metabolism, it, it is really, even with all the milk, it was quite hard to, to put on weight. Yeah. Um, if, like, so it worked. I got to 87, 88 kilograms in the blink of an eye, kind of. But like I said, I was doing a lot of dirty bulking mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. what would you say to someone who, like me, needed to get into a, a higher weight category basically, but to do it because I know f- that what I was doing wasn't particularly healthy. Yeah. But like what's, but it was also, it was, it was achievable. You know, I didn't have time to eat seven meals a day. Like what would you yeah, do yeah. to someone who has a fast metabolism who needs to bulk? You know, there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, always in the gym mm. trying to get big and strong and just look bigger. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you do for people like that? Yeah, I mean, I've never recommended a dirty bulk before. <laughs> I guess kind of goes against the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely gets you to where you want to go. But going back to my philosophy, I guess I I want to help people achieve their goals, but you know, also do it in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah, so, change the lifestyle as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it. I look at that and I, I sort of see, well, yes, you're definitely going to put on weight and you've got to your goal. You certainly want to, wouldn't want to do it long term because they're very highly inflammatory foods. So in the long term, it's going to affect your recovery as well. It's going to affect your gut health. It's going to affect all those sorts of things. So um, I'd look at just increasing carbohydrates, um, trying to use more of your whole food carbohydrates, but obviously they're a lot more bulky, so you're not going to be able to increase them too much because they're quite filling if they've got fiber in them. So then looking at things like fats, because fats are so uh, energy dense, they're so cal- like very high in calories, but um, they don't take up much volume. So adding a lot of things like coconut oil into your smoothies, like um, going probably more so that path, but certainly dairy as well is going to be a good one. So I'd look at those sorts yeah, of foods. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally addicted to sugar after, really? that, after that dirty bulk. <laughs> yeah. When I, um, when I, I don't, I literally, I had a, when I moved into this house uh, two and a half years ago, I remember getting a Turkish delight from the 7-Eleven downstairs and oh. I ate it and I was like, because I don't know why I just like the Turkish delight. I ate but, I, but I ate it, I ate it and, oh. and I was like, oh, not because not of the taste <laughs> like of the Turkish delight. shit. No, sweet. but the, the, the sweetness and the sugar, I was like, oh my God. That's, yeah. I hadn't had really sugary, like anything like that in probably two or three years. I was mm. really, really just, 
you know when you you, you phase out that type of food, you mm. don't get that craving mm. for it, you know. Yeah, so yeah. and then I um yeah, I had that Turkish lot. I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. And then I started having a little bit more snacky stuff. And then I went on dirty bulk. And now I have a, a donut every lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> donut every lunch. Well, do you know what's interesting? You know, do you remember I'm ben, ben Templeton, Ben, ben Templeton, who maybe listened to the show, who did the slam down, the weightlifting? Yeah, 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 yeah. He. So this is a guy that actually. Uh, this is slightly off off left center, isn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Global warming actually is. A, uh, no, he um he actually did my cert three and four, um, and um. He cut out sugar. He cut out chocolate for like four years completely, and he got to the stage where he couldn't even remember. And I, I don't know if he's eating chocolate <laughs> or, even remember or his anything. Name. Yeah, <laughs> lost all his brain cells. <laughs> he lost his. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just, he just, he completely cut out chocolate, and then he got to the stage where he couldn't even remember what it tasted like. And so clearly, I've got nothing to add. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is actually, there could be a reason why that's happening to you though because, um, again, getting back to the whole gut health thing, it mm. does have a big influence on our bodies but you might have just changed the balance of bacteria in your gut because the bad bacteria feed off sugar. So if you're feeding your body a lot of sugar, you're feeding all those bad guys, that could create a bit of a dysbiosis or an imbalance. And what that actually dysbiosis? Dysbiosis, yeah. Fuck, so that's. That sounds, just, am I gonna? Am I gonna <laughs> so that's just. Oh my god! That's just an imbalance of your good and bad bacteria, um, and so those, that bad bacteria actually sends out signals saying, you know, give me sugar, give me sugar. Mm. So that's probably why you're yeah. you're craving it now, and you need I the donut. I literally, literally crave it. Yeah, really? 100%, yeah, hundred percent. Like, what sort of what? What do you want to get today? So, when you're talking about like you walk in at use Seven Eleven as an example, I'll walk straight past the candy bars. Don't <laughs> eat candy at all. Um, sugary stuff like um, sour worms or that crap. I don't eat any of that. Yep. Um, I don't like ice cream. I go straight for like I get a muffin or a donut. I get like bake, bakery goods. I don't know why. It's just my go-to custard donut thing. or a raspberry <laughs> raspberry and white chocolate, chocolate donut. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I have it with a nice gla- big glass of milk too. It actually, oh, it actually makes me. That's pretty good. It actually well, makes me. Yeah, Joe's with me. Mate. Did you hear that? Oh, well, mate. Well, you call that guest a bin now? <laughs> Indirectly, um, I'm calling you both a bin. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it just became. Um, it, it started with. Um, it started with big M's after training. Yeah, and then mm. just it just got to the point where I don't even. I haven't been training that much. I still eat. Bakery foods, yeah, probably once once a day. Do you reckon that could but be it, a habitual thing though as well? Yeah, just literally definitely. The fact he's just in the habit of just yeah, yeah. eating shitty food, yeah, and the body's sure. like, oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. Um, <laughs> you but, should, but, you but, should um, be. You've got you've got cancer. <laughs> you've got dis dis by dis by leaky butt. <laughs> Sorry to say that, mate, but yeah. Shit. Oh fuck. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Um, so, um, so what about people with? Um, People with eating disorders that come in and see you. So I don't understand. Do you? Do you? Do you? Is it in your realm to to deal with somebody with a with a like um, that purges or that has uh, um, bulimia or uh, anorexia, or do you have to refer those guys on, or do you deal with much of that? Uh, it's more of a team effort. So um, with all my eating disorder clients, I don't have any bulimic sort of clients. What's all the difference anore- between bulimic and anorexia? Bulimic anorexia. makes themselves, this vomit. is in layman's terms, make themselves vomit and then anorexia, I believe, and they choose yeah. not to eat. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anorexia yeah. is just very restrictive eating. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas bulimic, they will purge after eating. Yeah. Um, so I'll work with a psychologist and also their GP as well. Yeah. So they're getting all the behavioral, you know, coaching from their psychologist. Okay. Um, and then they'll come to me just for some more structure. They generally come... Um, if they're younger, they come with their parents. So, you know, there's mm. a bit of guidance there, but it'll just be working out, you know, what can we start adding in just, you know, bit by bit, just mm. giving them a bit more structure to their to their diet and talking about how food is affecting their body and just trying to get them to understand that, you know, eating fat isn't going to make you fat and mm. that, your, that your cells need these um, nutrients. And um, one of my clients is... She certainly does. She's she's on the border of an eating disorder, but mm. she's stunning. She's getting into modelling and just talked about how fats. Um, every single one of your cells in your body is made up of a double layer of fat. So if you're not eating enough fat, the health of your cells is going to suffer, and that is, on the outside is a reflection of things like your hair and your skin mm. and your nails. And if you're not getting that in your diet, those sorts of things are really going to suffer. So. Yeah. You know, just trying to educate that them in one those sentence ways. should be taught in school. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just because... It, for, it's an, it's because an anxiety forget- thing though. Like, it, it's an anxiety. Like, you can get anxiety over anything. And like, the, the underlying issue here is just anxiety. It's like a, what if I do? Yeah, You know, it's yeah. like, well, what if you do? Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Let's it, just try it and see yeah. what happens. And yeah. That would be tough. So, they get referred to you after they've already been to their doctor, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I generally get referred... Um, clients from mm. psychologists. Yeah. Does anyone come to you initially and you, you may think that they they could be on the border, like they are showing some signs or symptoms of a, an anxiety mm. illness? Or? Not yet. I haven't had someone come to me first. I've generally been referred um, clients, so mm. I haven't had to um, yeah, seek out a psychologist for someone that I'm a bit worried about. Generally, they've been coming to me, but yeah. I'm sure that will... It'll happen. That will happen yeah. one day, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, people are drawn to you because when I first started out and I became very interested in nutrition, it was probably in about year 11, um, I wanted to do everything like absolutely perfectly and at that time it was the whole low-fat movement and I was so strict. I ate three you know, perfect meals at the time. Um, but I didn't really snack and I ate zero fat and I was probably what you'd call orthorexic. That's mm. not a term that was around then, but it is now. And it just means almost like um, a fixation or an obsession with healthy eating. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, very, very strict. And it was only when I went to university and learned about biochemistry and um, how the body worked and anatomy that I kind of understood that, oh, you know, it's okay to have other sorts of foods. Your body mm. knows how to deal with it and that kind of um, – gave me a lot more balance but I almost think because I have an understanding of these girls that's that's kind of why they're they're coming to me now yeah. I can relate to them a little bit better on a personal level you get empathize and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff I think that's so important as well this is another tangent but like as a as a coach I I'd often like to try well have a look at me I'm not trying to say that but like <laughs> I think it's good to you know if someone can't brace their back and is getting back pain and all this sort of stuff it's good to sort of put yourself through that as well because he understands like hey this actually worked for me give this a go. Yeah, definitely. You know, as opposed to just, oh, in chapter four, it says, uh, big breath in. <laughs> that fucking didn't work. That's <laughs> exactly know. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. what about like uh, mindset? Let, let's take um, take a turn away from nutrition for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some stuff that you do um, to keep yourself, yeah, like I'm, I remember speaking to you and you, we do like 
we spoke about meditation and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What What's some sort of meditative practices that you do? I love that. Um, so I think having, and we were just talking about this before, I think having a morning routine mm. is really, really important just to start your day off right. It's just that bit of peace in your day before the day starts to get manic. So um, generally my morning routine now would be take the dog for a walk. Um, it used to be going out into the garage and doing some sort of movement like hanging and um, bits and pieces, some handstand stuff. But mm. now it's just get the dog out of the house before he tears it apart. <laughs> um, but then I will come home and I'll do 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes of meditation. So yep. um, I generally recommend the Headspace app for most of my clients um, or the ones that need it because that's just a really nice, easy one. The um, You've heard of Headspace? Yeah. yeah so, yep. you know, the Take 10 programs, just 10 minutes for 10 days. That's all you have to do, see how you mm. feel. So that's generally the one I recommend. Um, I just, at the moment, I just do the One Giant Mind app and it's yep. just music. So I just One Giant them. Mind? One Giant Mind, Right, yeah. so what does that do? So they have, um, I can't remember, I think they have 12 days as an intro one and then you do a 30-day program um, and then you just do whatever after that. So it's it's pretty similar to the, um, to the Headspace app. It's just, it's more of a, a mantra. So where Headspace... Uh, talks you through you know what to visualize and what to focus on heads um one giant mind is more of um just repeating a mantra in your mind right and if you're you know of course your mind's going to drift off but it's just no noticing that and bringing it back to the mantra yep so yeah quite often i'm thinking about absolutely everything other than the mantra yeah. and i haven't thought of you know said the mantra once for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, but yeah you know yeah. so yeah okay. yeah so it's um so it's guided it's no, it's not guided. It's not so guided. it would the you do the course at the start, and that will explain it all to you, and then you kind of left to your oh, own devices. Oh right, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, I'll just give that a go. Yeah, it's really good. We always talk about smiling mind and Buddhify, and yeah, yeah, I've never heard yeah. of one giant mind. That's cool. Yeah, one giant mind. Is it free? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna get on it now. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. It's got to be yeah. free. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be free. I yeah. cannot pay that one dollar. <laughs> no, why? Well, I mean, I can, but I'll, I've got to save up. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Tommy, have you got um have you got goods about yes, the science? Yes, I do have some uh, GBS. So, uh, so Joe, are you aware of good about the science? The way it works. Vaguely. Yeah. So Vaguely. It's just uh, it's one of our other kooky segments we have on the show. It's basically <laughs> just um, I read some uh, some weird sort of current events, um, something good, something not so good, and then something sciencey. Because in case you haven't figured it out by now, Bill and I love science, but we have no idea what even the definition of science is. So I was calling it science. Yeah. <laughs> I was calling it Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't calling it that. <laughs> that is the worst running gag. <laughs> All right. So the first one is Gorilla Stunt Jumper, 8 Booth, that is his name, 8 Booth, uh, made a heart-stopping 129-foot leap into Orange County, California's Newport Harbor. Barely, barely missing the dock. Now, I've got the footage here, and obviously the listeners can't... Uh, can't hear it, we but put this it in is the what, show notes. yeah, this is the gif of it. Check this out. What'd you say about gorilla? Yeah, is that a- just that was him jumping 129 feet? Um, oh, I thought you said it was a gorilla. That oh, same. You well, said gorilla. Man. I did mention gorilla. <laughs> you said it was a gorilla. Um, oh, it's like a gorilla, a gorilla. stunt jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like a, a um, G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A. Gorilla. Yeah. 
gorilla? Yeah, I know. How do we even say that? Yeah. It's like gorilla warfare gorilla. type yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we've, I thought it was the gorilla gorilla. You're even more specific. I'm like, fuck, this guy's going to be really cool. Jeez, he's, he's not that hairy at all. Yeah, I was like, where's the hairy legs? Yeah. You ruined it for me, man. But that's him there. So he's jumping 129 feet and barely missing the dock there. Pretty insane. Oh. Great effort. Um, <laughs> now, he touched the GoPro to his hand and mouth so we could all uh, have the right footage. My question to you guys, what is the most daring thing you have done if you've done something that's uh, super daring? Joe, going to put oh, you on the spot right away here. I'm a bit of a wuss. Um, <laughs> like I've always said, oh, I want to go skydiving, but I don't really. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I never want to. <laughs> it is fun. It's actually not that scary. I reckon it was really scary. good. Well, you thought it was way worse than bungee jumping, didn't you? No, before I did it, I was more scared of it. But yeah. then bungee jumping. But as soon as I jumped, I was like, as soon as I was like, and the, you're flat now, mm. I was like, oh, this is cruisy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Whereas yeah. bungee jumping, I was like, oh my fucking God, this fucking yeah, yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, I could not do that. But um, I'm just trying to think. Probably, oh, I went canyoning in Queenstown and mm. I found that pretty scary, like jumping off really high rocks into mm. little pools and sliding down stuff. And yep. yeah, it was freezing cold. So. Yeah, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Mm, I couldn't. Uh, my sister went. Um, I don't think she went canyoning, but she went um, cave diving, and like just the idea of going in oh, little nooks and crannies oh. when there's water and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, claustrophobic. claustrophobic. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. It was I'll pretty hectic. I just did it in New Zealand. It was good. Yeah. Is oh, it actually? Do, that. do you get pretty? Close confined spaces. Uh, um, yeah, from time to time you can. It's in um, Waitomo Caves, a famous ca- um, cave system in Waitomo in New mm-hmm. Zealand in the North Island. And what we did, we um, we abseiled down like 30 metres through this little tiny – that was like tight, a tight squeeze. So if you're claustrophobic, but it was only like a tight squeeze for about a metre or two. Oh, and then you're man. into the darkness and you're like, fucking hell, and you go all the way down. You get to the bottom, then you hook on and you've, um, you're flying fox through yeah. the cave system for like 100 foot. And then you get so off there, that. you cliff jump into the water, into the river. Then you go river rafting, blackwater rafting yep. um, with glowworms and stuff all around you. So sick. Wow, and, really? then, and then you have to – there's so much stuff you have to do. We had to climb up um, waterfalls, up cave waterfalls yeah. to get out of there. It was like the, the, they were like, you've got to put your hand there and then your hand there and your leg there. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was crazy. It was pretty mm. good fun. But um, yeah, anyway, that's yeah, that's, that's cool. Caving, That's but caving. Um, <laughs> yeah, enough. but um, all right. Just going to talk about my most daring. <laughs> go oh. on, tell us, tell <laughs> us. <laughs> no, go on, go on. No, now I want to know about your no, most no, daring. No, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, I jumped off the Sereno car ferry once. <laughs> what? Jumped off the car ferry. That oh. wasn't probably my most daring, but it was <laughs> pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I shot a guy once. Okay, move on. Yeah, it was funny. It was. Uh, it's like a four-story. Car, car ferry. Were you, oh are you, were you okay? Yeah. Did we you did it deliberately. No, it was like a thing. Like every summer, a few guys would jump off the car ferry and I was like 15, man, my mates were like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do it. And then um, we, we actually bought tickets to Queenscliff. No, mm. we bought, we had to get buy tickets to Queenscliff to get on the ferry, but we bought return tickets because we we're like, what happens if we should ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheap to get return, let's just buy return. And then uh, we got on there with no shoes on. They're like, oh. and then uh, we got up there up the top and then, yeah, jumped off. It was funny. It was me. I, I didn't really. I was a little nervous, but I got yeah, up there and just did it. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And and uh, and it was me. Um, Will Truscott and Will was like, "Oh, sh-. I was like, yeah, I reckon I can do this." Will was like, "Oh, fuck, this." Is yeah. fucking <laughs> high. And our other mate, um, 
Um, Gang is, his name was Ganglang. That was his nickname. Ganglang. Yeah. Who's no but, longer with us because he jumped <laughs> off the bloody but he ten was like, meter. He was like, no, nah, there's no way. There's no way I'm doing it. There's no way. I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. So I, I jumped, um, got really excited. And then Will was like, oh, I'm going too. And Gangus didn't want to do it. He's like, no, nah, I'm, st- I'm not going. <laughs> and then we all coaxed him and he jumped off. But that was probably oh, peer pressure. one of the He's more, one of the best uh, friends. One of the more, um, <laughs> one of the more daring things. Yeah, anyway, yeah. What else you got? All right, so the bad. So authorities in the United Kingdom, UK, United Kingdom, <laughs> have released Thank several you. photos of a man they are seeking in connection with the theft of a Venetian blind. Uh, and while we can't say for certain what happened here, it does seem like the guy is hiding something. So there's a photo basically of a guy in an elevator and he's got this big jacket on and there's just a big Venetian blind in the jacket. Pretty bizarre stuff, but if you need a Venetian blind, you need a Venetian blind. Uh, the item was stolen from the Donnell Mill store in Northampton sometime between 2 p.m. and 2.25 p.m. On uh, Sunday, October 16th, according to authorities, police say a man entered the store and allegedly concealed a Venetian blind down one trouser leg and up the back of his jacket. So my question to you guys is, what is the weirdest thing you have ever tried to steal if you have, in fact, stolen anything? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Now, we're under oath. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put it to Joe first. Because she's (laughs) like... Well, Bill, what's... I'll go one while you think think it'd be like. I had a little little, um, ring going when I was in high school. So, oh, it was a, just a theft ring. So, me and a couple of my mates would go. Um, we went to Padua College. I was a, I was a terrible, terrible kid. <laughs> we went to Padua College, and um, we'd get dropped off at um, Safeways or Woolworths now. Yeah. So, um, it's a supermarket in Australia for people that aren't Australian. And uh, we would go in there. Do you remember Tech Dex, the little skateboards, oh, yeah. the little tiny ones? They were great. Yeah, no, like fifteen dollars a pop. So, but for some reason, they were always sold out. Can yeah, you shed, yeah. can you shed some light on? Yeah. <laughs> but I'd go in there with my school blazer and it had two big pockets on the inside <laughs> and I'd go and I'd fold up the... It had like the plastic casing and then they had like the cardboard bit that hangs, that hangs it on <laughs> and I'd fold that up and just put one in each pocket every day and then I'd go to school the next day they were $15 in Safeway. I would sell them for like 8 to $10. I was making I was making like 200 bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's so good. That's insane. Um, Any tech text, Joe? Uh, I've, I've thought of one thing and I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, what are those Easter eggs? Is it a Cadbury cream egg? Oh, I love a and Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. So Cadbury was, cream egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the supermarket and so... I wanted to steal it, so I just shoved the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> but, like, unwrapped it and shoved yeah, yeah. it in. And I had a loose tooth, and so I had this huge Easter egg, and my tooth fell out while I was eating the Easter egg. <laughs> Instant karma. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, what happened to the packaging? Oh, yeah. oh. That's gold. Yeah. All right. That's good. You didn't actually leave the store, so I don't know if that's stealing yeah. or just eating. It's kind of ate you. Yeah. That's so true. I paid for it on the way out. Yeah, the yeah. Up, yeah. I paid for it, but I stole it. Yeah. Uh, So the science, two faults beneath California are connected in a destructive embrace. Once again, revealing how little we know about what lies beneath our feet. A new study in the journal Science Advances has declared that a threatening fault in the San Francisco Bay is connected to another. Unfortunately, this means that the two could rupture simultaneously, creating a more powerful earthquake than many, many would have anticipated. Now, kind of uh, an ambiguous question, but... Uh, do you guys have a natural disaster that you would hate to be stuck in the most? Like some people, some people hate. So for me, for example, I would hate to be caught in like a tsunami. Just reckon that would be shit house. But like maybe tornado t- you fancy or, or an earthquake. What do you reckon? Which one do you hate the most? 
Oh, well, I reckon tsunami would be pretty bad just because oh. that's what you see in the movies and yeah. that just looks terrifying. Yeah, Anything that where you're talking about claustrophobia, I'm really claustrophobic. Agreed. So if you got like trapped under something, that would probably be pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> would be the best. Yeah, yeah. it would probably be. I'd yeah. still be thinking about my macros though. <laughs> <laughs> fat, it was a fat. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, tsunami's pretty, pretty, pretty bloody scary. Oh, yeah. What about a volcano? Uh, I've stood on top of an um, active volcano while it's really? erupting. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. The best thing I've ever done. While it's of, erupting? While it's erupting. So the volcano is um, in, it's called Mount Tanner in, uh, Mount Yasua, sorry, on the island of Tanner in Vanuatu. And I've done some stuff in my travels, like some cool stuff. This is not even a question, the greatest thing I've ever done in history of my life. Mm. Really? Was, yeah, so... It's like you hike up there, but it's like an hour hike. They drop you halfway. It's literally, the hike's not even part of it. It's not even hard at all. But I was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time back in the day, like uh, 10 years ago. And my, we, we went to Vanuatu and met with my family. It was like, kind of, we're doing our own thing, but we met with my family as well for a bit. We went over there. So it was my mum, my dad, Jack, me and my girlfriend. And you hike up the top of the volcano and then the volcano is right on the, on the ocean and it gets like really, really strong winds from the ocean every day, the exact same. And for some reason, so you can stand on the crater of uh, the the top of the crater of the volcano, and you stand on like the east wing or whatever, east rim, sorry, and it erupts on the um, west wing. No, yep, north, east, south. Yeah, west. And uh, so you're safe, but it literally explodes like a hundred little bits of uh, lava up in the air, fifty meters above your head, really? hundred meters above your head, every five minutes. Really, it's wow. insane. But how did that That's not hit incredible. you? There's so it, it, on the rim, the safe rim. The guy will the guide will take you around. And he's like, oh yeah, this rock wasn't here a week ago. This rock wasn't here a week ago. So li- literally, like people have died. There's been like eight fatalities in the last twenty years or whatever. But oh. there's hundreds of people that go nearly every day. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. So um, it's pretty safe. But you know how you can go to active volcanoes. You can see them bubbling away and stuff yep. like that. This is not like that. This is no. ground shakes. Really? A volcano like you think of a volcano. Yeah, yeah. It's called Mount Yasua. For any listeners that are ever planning on going to Vanuatu, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Anytime wow. anyone mentions Vanuatu to me, yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen to this, listen <laughs> to this. Yeah. It's so sick. Shit. Yeah, that's but incredible. But yeah, volcanoes are scary. But I reckon tsunami, you're done. Yeah, mm. tsunami, you're done. Well, I mean, most of them, you're done, surely. Like, well, like um, hurricanes and typhoons, all, oh, yeah, like true. they're all pretty bad, but you can Tsunami get through those. Could. Just yeah. batten down the hatches. Yeah, yeah. batten them down real good. <laughs> yeah, we had to batten down the hatches in um, in uh, Mech- in Belize once and uh, we just bought, um, we, there was three days that we had to buy food and water for and we bought, um, we bought about 10 litres of rum and a couple of bags of cocaine and just had a fucking lockdown like you've never, yeah. never seen before. A session. Yeah. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. But um, anyway. Hurricane okay, Coco. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's good. Um, and that was the good about the science. Alrighty, guys. That's part one of Joe Guy. I hope you liked it. There's plenty more in the next show. Yep. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, go All ahead and subscribe. If you are a multiple-time listener, please leave us a rating and review. If you've left us a rating and review, please send us some money to 192A <laughs> Bank Street, South Melbourne. That is uh, ADVF headquarters. It's on the website. Send us any any little bit of help. $2, to- $5, $1,000. <laughs> We're, uh, $4 million. We're, we're really, really struggling here, guys. Yeah, we're struggling. Yeah. Uh, helps out. Helps <laughs> to, out. Uh, also, call the number 555-555-555-555. <laughs> Hashtag 
and leave leave three bucks. <laughs> um, also, guys, if you wanted anything from the show in the way of resources, head to www.podcast. Fuck. www.adventuretravel.com forward slash podcast. Our show notes are in there with links through to anything that we've mentioned here. Also, thanks to our sponsors, True Pride. Head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF. Get a $297 joining fee waived if you mm-hmm. decide to go ahead after having a call with the guys. The calls are free. And carve, www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF. Get 10 hours free on any project. Um, anyone can work with Carve, guys. It's super simple, super uh, beneficial for any business. Yep. And www.adventuretravel.com. Check out all of our trips coming up. Use the code RADIO for 10% off. See you next show.